0: goes a little mad sometimes.
1: Wolfman pants got
0: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna you! You're listening to the Jersey Call.
0: Hey, everybody!
1: What's up?
0: And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, Marissa.
1: Hey, You're Jackie. Hey, Jackie. Jackie. There's yeah. Jackie over there. I have to say, I'm I'm really excited for tonight's films. I uh, I kind of rallied for for a Thai West episode for a minute, um, and I think it it delivered.
0: I think it did too. Um, I had I you know what these kind of not these kind of movies but these movies in particular are two movies that have scrolled I've scrolled past on shutter and it was like oh you know what I've been meaning to watch that like I gotta get around to watching it I've heard good things about the innkeepers I gotta watch that movie um and I never like committed and sat down so once again I need you in my corner telling me hey we're gonna watch this movie and then I'll finally watch the movie
1: yeah, yeah, and and I think I think these were both uh, really really solid movies. So if you want to just jump right in, there's a lot of fun stuff for both of these that I want to unpack. Um, so the first one, I guess, going in chronological order, is House of the Devil, mm-hmm. 2009.
0: Shudder. Shudder is claiming it was 2010.
1: Yeah, so we'll go with 2010. Cool. Uh, and and I gotta say, I'm I'm impressed with Ty West right off the bat because I think writing, directing, and editing your own movie is so dangerous, yet he does it well. Like, I I think the writing is awesome in this film. I think the directing is amazing. And I thought the editing was really solid.
0: I agree. This, this, so I say I agree now. I'm going to be completely transparent. I watched the movie. And when the movie ended, I literally had that moment of, I don't know if I like this movie or not. Like, I think I like this movie. Um, There... I'm going to say that there was a flaw to this movie, but I'm going to put a little asterisk next to that because I don't know if it was intentional or not because house of the devil is so stylized. Like it is, it is 1980s done beautifully. And as we've mentioned before, this is a 1980s movie that doesn't bang, bang you over the head with hey, it's the 1980s. Like, whoa, look, there's Pac-Man machine. And hey, remember the snorks? Like it's it's not one of those movies. It, this is a movie that was made to look like it took place in the 80s. And it it did it so fantastically. So I don't know if my complaint with it is is intentional or not. But one of the notes I had was this movie it it gave away, it was very predictable and it gave away everything like right at the get-go. Like it talked about satanic panic, you know, in the opening title card, you know, with a little blurb about it. And I feel like everything was like, everything that happened, it was like, no shit that was going to happen. You know, she gets the creepy call to go do the babysitting excuse me, to go do the babysitting thing. Yeah, that's not going to work out. It's going to be creepy. The friend goes, the friend's obviously going to die. Like there was never, I, I almost was kind of hoping that all of it was going to be a red herring and there was going to be some sort of twist at the end, but it, it kind of played out exactly as predicted. Also this movie, and I don't know if I want to say it's a good thing or a bad thing, but this movie like it should have been called anticipation, the movie, because like from the moment she steps in the house, I'm just like, it has you on that like edge of like, something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. And it literally makes you wait. You know, I just, I kept, I I, I was like, like on the precipice of, of something happening. And you know, when, when Meg gets killed, it's like, boom, like Not out of nowhere in the sense like you knew she was going to die, but out of nowhere in the sense of one second she was talking and the next second she's got a hole in her face. So that was kind of fun. Um, But it just like, aside from that moment, until you get to like the climax of the film, the whole time that Samantha's in the house, it's just this, you're almost on edge with anticipation. And again, I don't know if it was a good thing, a bad thing, uh, a purposeful Thing from Ty West but that would be what I would say is kind of the thing that doesn't make me say it's a like 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 a fantastic movie I enjoyed the movie a lot but that kind of that feeling throughout all 90 minutes of the movie like at the end kind of got like it almost got old you know it was like do something like maybe I get that it was like slow burn-ish, but I'm just like, I kept wanting something more to happen because I was just left on the edge of anticipation of something happening.
1: Yeah, that's that's a fair criticism. I think of both of these films, truth be told. And I think that I, I almost hesitate to use slow burn because I feel like it's a negative connotation, but I think slow burn is a really apt way to describe this movie. But I think with this one in particular, for me at least, it just really worked. Just kind of waiting for what you knew was inevitably going to happen felt really exciting when the payoffs did come because i thought the the violence and well first of all i totally you you kind of gave me a lot to unpack so i'm going to start with saying that i absolutely agree that the 80s aesthetic in this film is late 70s, early 80s, really, is, is so beautifully done because it's all in the art itself. None of it is like gratuitous placement mm-hmm. of 80s garbage. It's in the opening sequence. It's in the music. It's in the way it's filmed to feel like a classic 70s slasher. Even like with some of the like lesser known kind of tropes of of like old 70s and 80s, like grindhousey films. And like, you know, almost the video nasty vibe. And I liked that. I loved, loved the satanic panic, um, aesthetic to it. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to actually like to dive into kind of a little historical overview of satanic panic in the United States, because I think this film does a good job of placing this story in the late, in the, what, like maybe late seventies, early eighties, because that's when I think we were kind of Shifting the pendulum once again towards like the panic, uh, I think the most to me the most famous example of the the satanic panic at its height in the eighties is the McMartin preschool case. And uh, for for anybody who's not familiar, that was a case where 200 families and young children accused a family-run preschool in California of severe sexual abuse, satanic worship, all kinds of crazy crap. And to this day, it's pretty much widely known that it probably none of it ever happened. There's a lot, the original child who first came forward and said they were abused was probably actually abused by a parent. And the way that they questioned the children was incredibly problematic um, and also horrifying. And the stories that the kids came up with just got more and more outlandish. Like they literally were like saying that they saw witches fly, that they went on hot air balloon rides and were like raped in midair. They were saying that there were tunnels underground with layers where the family would conduct their satanic worship and their cult rituals. None of this turned out to be true. There were no underground tunnels. Of course, there were no witches flying around. They never had a hot air balloon. And and again, it, it was outlandish.
0: My favorite one was that they would get flushed down toilets. (laughs) <laughs> to the underground rooms where they would be like in Harry Potter. Raped. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes.
1: So and again, like the, the even right from the very beginning. And if you if you'll indulge me, I'm gonna read a section of the letter that the police department sent to every family that attended this preschool and they literally wrote records indicate that your child has been or is currently a student at the preschool. We ask your assistance in our investigation, please question your child to see if she, or he or she has been a witness to any crime or a victim that could include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttocks or chest area, sodomy, committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature, but were photos taken of them and any information regarding having ever observed Ray Bucky leave a classroom alone with a child from the get-go the investigation was flawed and from the get-go the way that the kids were led into telling these stories was nothing short of tragic in my opinion especially because it ruined so many lives and I think at the end of the day one of the things that is I mean bystander effect and like the just jumping into mass hysteria is such a norm but we talked about this in an episode that I sadly lost but we talked about how like one of the biggest problems with like crime and investigations is when the police do a bad job. And not only did the police screw up the McMartin trial, but so did the lawyers, so did the psychologists who worked with the kids. I mean, even the trial itself, it was like a $15 million waste of money for California because both times the, the whole case was thrown out because of all the problematic evidence. Um, But that was just like the tip of the iceberg for, for satanic panic in the 80s. I haven't read this book and now I'm almost tempted to do so. In 1980, a popular like paperback came out called Michelle Remembers. And it was written by a Canadian therapist and his patient named Michelle. And it was all about her time being abused by a satanic cult. And again, now looking back on this book, it is believed that none of it is true and that the therapist actually almost put these false memories in her. And if there's one thing I know from being a psychology student is that you should never trust memory. Memory is like the least reliable thing in moments like this. Um, And from there, it only gets worse and worse. I think the satanic panic of the 80s really saw its heyday when like Reagan took over and then you had even Procter and Gamble. I didn't know this, but the company was accused of being the head of satanism in America. And they said that their little uh, logo was was the devil and that they were practicing witchcraft. And to this day, up until 2007, Procter & Gamble has been dealing with lawsuits and problems relating to the satanic panic of the eighties. And at the end of the day, I think it's just another vicious cog in the marginalized people and misunderstood people being victimized by mass hysteria. Like to me, it's just another Salem witch trial, just wearing a different hat, so to speak, no pun intended.
0: So, so that's a really good segue into a talking point that I had. Um, the biggest misnomer is that they're calling it a satanic panic. The biggest farce is that all of these movies that we've ever watched with these satanic cults and things like that, um, that is not even remotely what satanism really is um in satanism they don't even believe or worship the devil you know this is not uh, an, an accurate an accurate representation there is actually rules uh in the anton Levian school of satanism sure there's there's 11 rules to you know basically being a good satanist and of those 11 you do not harm children you do not kill non-human animals unless you are being attacked or it is for food it has things like if someone's bothering you in the street tell them to go away and if they don't it says destroy them and I read an article uh, with a priest in the Church of Satan who is over in England. And the interviewer asked him, like, So, how literal are we getting? You're told to destroy someone. And he's like, Well, here's the thing A, Satanists follow the rules of the church, but they also follow the rules of, you know, and the laws within their government. He's like, it's illegal to kill someone, therefore. It would be illegal for a Satanist to kill someone. He's like, when you use the term destroy them, he's like, you can destroy them with words. You can destroy them in the sense of, you know, you walk away. Their existence within your realm is destroyed. He's like, there are ways to non-physically destroy somebody. And I'm sure that there are also, you know, rituals and things like that, that can be done at home where you destroy a person kind of thing. You know what I mean? But like the whole sacrificing people and like the blood sacrifice thing, you know, slaughtering goats, that's not Satanism. You know, it's not
1: a, isn't, it's like a, a a symbol of, of, regarded symbol. They would never.
0: Yeah. Like it's like, you know, all these satanic cults, satanic cults are not the ones sacrificing people. They're not the ones in the dark robes.
1: No, I, and I hate to even call, I mean, because I'm a big, I'm actually a huge fan of the Satanic Temple, which is the 2013 evolution of the Church of Satan. And basically the reason why I absolutely love them, and I think LeVay kind of called them like, or, or kind of see that like the followers of the Church of Satan see them as the natural progression. They are, if nothing else, just a political affiliated, like a, a political party looking to really stir some shit and really kind of point out the hypocrisies and problems of organized religion. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love all of their ideologies. I loved the documentary about the satanic temple. I kind of am here for everything that they believe in and the trouble that they cause to, in order to point out the hypocrisy of it all. And I agree with you. I think it's, it's problematic to refer to both the church of Satan and LeVay's work as, uh, as well as uh, anything by the satanic temple as, as like cultish or the black robes and the devil and all that. While uh, in fact, I don't think either of them actually subscribe to Satan you know, like, oh, I don't think anything- they
0: don't like there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the, 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 you know, I, it's funny. Cause it's like, I, I was reading this one article and, and the guy was like, yeah, he's like, we don't, worship the devil like we really don't have any hand in satan he's like there's nobody with the you know the pitchfork and the horns there's no red guy that we're like bowing down to um and it's in fact
1: fact, baphomet is probably the closest thing they have to it
0: and it just it cracks me up that like you know everyone always points out like oh like the rituals like oh the satanic rituals and all their terrible rituals and it's like you know what catholics how about when your kid is born Your kid is born a sinner until somebody dunks him in water. And then suddenly they're not a sinner anymore. And you know why they're a sinner? Because women's vaginas are evil. So let's, let's, let's talk about really the good cult and the bad cult. So
1: yeah, no, I think that's (laughs) fair. And, and listen, there are problems. They've gotten in trouble for some tone deaf messages in the past. Like I remember when they put out the not equal shirts and I was like, you fucking doofuses, but, um, At the end of the day, you're right. They have literally nothing to do with this like trope of the the black robes and the, and the, you know, rituals and all the dark, evil, murderous stuff. But I will say fun fact that if you are someone who does subscribe to the existence of pods of Satan worshiping cult members which again i think it's important to make that distinction between like the church of satan and the satanic temple and then this idea that somewhere out there in the middle of the woods is a group of people in hoods and robes sacrificing virgins and doing all kinds of creepy crap Mm -hmm. which is criminal and wrong and horrifying in the name of evoking satan in this kind of evil pure sense they do call to eclipses like in the movie uh, lunar eclipses as a moment in which the devil, it's like a, a, a catch in the the law where during the lunar eclipse, he can come to earth. And I think that I, I wound up falling down a weird uh, European rabbit hole of people who plan meetings and plan ritualistic cult sacrifices and shit like that on the night of lunar eclipse, because they believe in this like loophole in the rules that says that on lunar eclipse, Satan can, Penetrate, for lack of a better term, the, the world and and come to earth because that's like a rule. And so this film definitely is very smart in its playing on the satanic panic. I also think that, like I said, having that aesthetic that puts and, and having it take place in the late 80s, maybe, maybe late 80s, I'm thinking, is nothing short of brilliant. The only other thing I wanted to mention when just kind of looking at the history of satanism is the West Memphis Three case, only because I feel like those kids very much felt victim to not only bad policing and bad investigative practices, but also the fact that like, you wear black and you're weird and you therefore must be evil and do yeah. horrible, horrible things. Um, and again, that could we could save that entire conversation for another day, but these kind of like witch-hunting, mass hysteria, you know, middle-class white people convinced that the, the marginalized people are all out to get them is just so ridiculous. But I got to say it was done so beautifully in this book, in this book, in this film. Uh, Just the story, I felt, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I feel there's a really strong correlation between the Rosemary's baby vibe and this movie. I think that this movie almost felt like a cool kind of baby sister to Rosemary's baby. Because... The without us even really realizing it, the entire movie does center around a woman who loses her choice and who and who is very much victimized by a satanic cult. But what I love about it is that, like her reaction to it is so markedly different than rosemary's is. yeah, but let's like unpack the film a little bit before we get to the ending. Um, sure, so I gotta say, I know you you were on the on the fence about just how much like uh just how slow it was but I gotta tell you like my my only two thoughts were number one man I'm like I I thought that the I liked that the bestie was like this is fucking stupid let's get the fuck out of here Mm -hmm. um also why would you eat unwrapped candy from a candy fucking thing jar in the middle of a fucking room of such a creepy man also can I please have a cane that has a wolf head when we're older I'll get you on. Okay, because I think it's really fancy, and Mm -hmm. I think people with them usually tend to be evil. So I I don't mind people thinking I'm evil because I have a cane that has a silver wolf head. Absolutely. Also, can we uh, bad roommates are the worst. Who can't relate to that, right? And I gotta tell you, I love, love, love the protagonist in this film. I think Samantha's a really fascinating character, and I love the scene in the pizzeria where she's like, "I don't even think I like kids," you know? Like, and, and I thought that was such an ironic little foreshadowing to what was eventually going to become her fate. And when she gets to the house, she knows that this is a bad idea. She has a friend pointed out to her. But the thing that I related to most was this idea of like, well, I'm, I'm a woman who is trying to have independence. Who's trying to make my own way, get out of a bad situation. So I'm going to make the choice to stay, even though I realize that this is, this is stupid. And here's why I love it because I think art, in that moment, we want a victim blame. We really do. We judge her. Like, I remember being like, girl, why are you searching the whole stupid house? This is a ride the clock situation. Yeah. You sit on that couch and you just wait for the time to go, you know? And when she kept poking around, I was like, oh, stop. But again, I think this, he does a very feminist thing. In rubbing our noses in the fact that she has every right to choose to take this job because she needs the money. It's not her fault. It's not Sam's problem that she, this happens to her. It's very much the fact that these people are wrong for doing it to her. Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, now I, I agree with you that the term slow burn has a negative connotation. I did like this movie. Um, I did like this movie, even with the, and I, you know, like I said, I don't even know if I want to call them flaws because maybe that was the point. Maybe the point was that you are left on the edge of anticipation this whole time. But I do, I I will stand by my statement of, it was extremely predictable, you know? And, and I said, I I almost wanted the red herring. I almost wanted
1: the What's that? Even the the very like the whole ending, the fact that she was pregnant by the end of the that, that part little...
0: threw me. Like that I wasn't I mean, expecting. I thought that was but like, yeah. like the fact that okay, time out real quick. I can't go any further without mentioning um the the guy in the movie is Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan was Frankenstein's monster in Monster Squad. And I love Tom Noonan. He's also he was in the X-files, he's been in a bunch of things. He's got I,
1: such a good creepy vibe. I,
0: Absolutely love and adore Tom Noonan, so I wanted to take five seconds to shout out. Yeah. Um, but no, but like, so like, I don't. It was just like I said. I think I was waiting for something different to happen than what I thought would happen. I'm not very good at at figuring out what's going to happen in a movie, but I feel like this one was just like like the pizza. He's like, oh, there's money. Uh, here's some extra money. There, the phone number for pizza is on the fridge if you want pizza. Don't forget the pizza if you get hungry. He's like, Oh, I I said the pizza, didn't I? And like three or four times before the dude left, he was like, Pizza, don't forget pizza, get some pizza. And it's like, All right, obviously she's gonna order pizza and it's gonna like be laced with something or it's gonna fuck her up. And you knew that the guy that killed Meg was gonna be the one that delivered the pizza. And it was just
1: I don't know, I just felt like it was I'm sorry.
0: I'm just it just, it felt extremely predictable to the point where I thought this is too predictable. There's gonna be a twist. And when there wasn't, it was just like, okay, she has, yeah, she got drugged by the pizza. They're all in the cult. Now they're gonna do some culty thing to her. And her the ending did kind of throw me. I didn't know if I was mad or not about like the ending ending, um which spoiler alert, um. She's confronted as she's trying to run away. And Tom Noonan's character is like, look, you've been chosen. This is gonna be amazing for you, don't you understand? And she has a gun and he's like, if you wanna kill me, kill me, but just realize like you're the guy, like you are the chosen. And she shoots herself. And I was like, boom, that's amazing. Like, fuck you, fuck your cult, I'm out. And she kills herself. And then when you find out she's still alive, albeit maybe as a vegetable but she is still alive I was kind of bummed out by that like but I understand that they have to like they have to keep her alive to show that she is now because like that's when you find out she's pregnant or whatever I don't know I don't know if I like the fact that she lived or not because I was so pumped up because you know me I'm always like that's the ending I want like the final girl to be like fuck you I'm out and take her own life. Like you don't get the you don't get the benefit, the pleasure, the joy. You don't get that of killing me. I'm taking that from you, and I'm killing myself.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, for the record, I do think the predictability is intentional. Um, although having watched uh, The Innkeepers, I it almost made me less apt to to defend this film. But when faced with the same moment that Rosemary's faced in in Rosemary's Baby, when she sees her devil child and she's like, oh, okay. Um, this is such a feminist reaction, you're right. Because what better way to fuck, say fuck you to, to, the, to the people who victimized her than to shoot herself mm-hmm. in that moment? I think she recognizes that she's pregnant. I think she recognizes that they did something really screwed up to her. And I think she's so traumatized by everything that just happened that she does, take, she does attempt to take her own life, which I think, and I gotta say, the violence and the way the graphic realistic feel of the violence in this film was reminiscent of, uh, for me of things like last house on the left and those old seventies yeah. grindhouse flicks. And that's always effective for me that like making it feel so real and mm-hmm. achy really worked for me with this film, but you're right. I I thought that when she shot herself, I was like, yeah, message. There's always a choice for a woman. You never get to tell us what to do with our bodies. F you, F, you know, pro, uh, pro lifers f the Satanists. But when is she is the, that last scene is a sucker punch. And to me, the last scene is the horror of the film, right? That she failed at trying yeah. to stop the 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 baby from being born, tried to stop the cult itself. I think it was a, a, a wink and a nod to this idea that there's always a sequel you're right though i i hope she wakes up and she takes her own life again just to get rid of that baby but at at the end of the day again like there's something very empowering about her as a character and about the fact that she kind of is like no i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go ahead and kill myself because screw you Mm -hmm. and i i very much loved that scene i also loved whereas in the innkeepers i'm gonna bitch about it so i'm gonna be a total hypocrite here i loved the kind of awkwardness of her character in this film It felt very, it like made me like her and made me relate to her, which it had the opposite effect in the next film, where her awkwardness and this dialogue that felt almost kind of forced and weird and kind of added to the overall atmosphere of just being uncomfortable the entire time in this film hit home and like struck a chord. And in the, the next film was like, made me roll my eyes and think that he just doesn't know how to write characters. And so I I don't know which one is I'm gonna land on at the end of the day, but I do think that th- this film did a great job of, of what, a, what I want from a slow burn. And I have to tell you, I can't help but laugh because I never caught on about the pizza thing. I was oh, like, no. oh, pizza <laughs> sounds great like but don't you feel like when you babysat they always left money for pizza that was such a thing yeah that, right
0: yeah oh yeah no you always get like you know yeah. back in the day you got your you know you got here's here's 10 bucks here's get money pizza, for pizza right? and,
1: Yeah, and that's I, what you do. I never thought twice about the fact of how many times he mentioned the pizza yeah. until you just said it so yeah. to be fair obviously I'm an idiot uh Yeah. And and again, I I loved, so I have to say that we are in a moment where I feel like satanic panic is making a comeback and the two things that are leading the charge. And for the record, the only reason why I even am privy to these things is because I have kids who are young is the little Nas X Montero video, which have you seen? I've never even heard of that. Oh, So little Nas X is the guy who wrote and and came out with old the I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road right now. Okay. God, I love you for just living in 1994. Uh, so anyway, he was he's a very flamboyant, very rambunctious, cheeky little rapper, and I like him for the record. Okay, he comes out with the song called Montero. It's catchy, to be fair, and the video for it has got all of the you know, mothers of the world clutching their pearls because I think it's hilarious because he gives Satan a lap dance in the video. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's what I said. When my daughters were like, oh my God, Bob, you have to watch this. I like cackled to it. There's something very artistic about the video. I also can't help but laugh because I'm like, did these people really not get from Old Town Road that this guy was a, a homosexual who was playing with the tropes of rap and country and all this, like, and I- adore him. I think the video was art. I thought it was really fun. And I love a good pushing the buttons of the like women who are, and, and men who are going to be offended, like yeah. push Christian buttons and you've got my, take all the buddies you know? <laughs> um, and then he further really pushed like, you know, poked a stick at these people because he released, and he actually got in trouble for it, but he released a Nike shoe with his blood in it. And Nike apparently did not... Like, little drops of blood inside of it. Allegedly. I don't know if there's really blood in there. But, again, I I was, like, cackling at all this because I love... Nothing makes me happier than riling up middle America. But, apparently, Nike sued him because he didn't have permission to, like, brand these shoes and put his blood in them. Oopsie poopsie. Yeah, whoops. Hashtag worth it. I'm <laughs> sure they're still worth, like, a, now it's going to be impossible to get a pair. But, again, I the minute this started happening, it was like reading articles and op-eds and all these things about, Oh, our children are going to start worshiping Satan. And they're going to give lap dances to the devil. Like, stop it, bitch. Like you should be more worried about your kid on TikTok twerking than this video, because that's the real crisis here in America. And, and it's just, it makes me laugh. Cause like my kids like think it's funny. Like I do, but I think I don't for a second buy into the idea that this man is somehow perpetuating a rise of Satan. Like, I cannot believe that after all of the things we've seen, starting with the witch trials and coming right straight through the 80s and the 90s and all of the, like, post-Columbine bullshit, all of the post-September 11th hysteria, that now we're going to light our torches and sharpen our pitchforks for little Nas X. And we're going to, like, literally think our kids are in danger of Satan because
0: of this garbage like stop it Uh, well and I also think that a difference and I can't speak for everybody's kids but I can speak for your children who I know very well your kids are not going to look at that and be like oh me too I want (laughs) to give a lap dance to Satan like your kids are smart enough to know like they're not going to be influenced by some music video kind of thing you know what I mean
1: No, agreed. And, and also because I parent, because I watch the video and we talk about it and we laugh about it and we recognize it for the satire and political statement that it is. Yeah.
0: There's, again, you know, me, the non-parent giving out advice, but there is like the fact that people are afraid to have open communication with their children.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, uh, having an open dialogue with your kids and acting Pretending that the world isn't out there seeping into their everyday is pretty clutch. I know so many parents who just would never admit that their kids have seen this video, have heard this song, are taught, like quoting the lyrics, you know, are out there making references to drugs and sex and drugs and rock and roll it's fine. And I think as a parent, if you just own it and you have those dialogues, I think it's okay. And my kids feel super comfortable talking to me about this stuff. Like, I'm glad that they came to me and were like, mom, look at this new video the whole world is talking about. And we, we sat there and laughed at it together and we had good conversations and, and it's not always easy and it's not always (laughs) like there are moments where I want to crawl into my own self and and explode but i think it's 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 good and i love anything that riles these idiots up because i can't believe that in in 2021 we could still have one song and one performer create a movement again and spur up this fear and panic the fact that this never goes away just drives me nuts but that'll be my that'll be the hill i die on for this film i i love what he did with this movie i'm hoping that when I see all his other work, it's more reminiscent of this unless Innkeepers, but I'll save that until we transition. Yeah. I think that's
0: all the notes that I have. I think we touched on everything that I have for House of the Devil.
1: Yeah, so let's move on to 2011's Innkeepers. I'm so impressed that he was able to make two movies basically right in a row. Yeah. I, I never understand when a filmmaker can write, produce, direct, and edit their own film in one year. Lena Dunham, huh? Both of these films. She was the voice of the... 911 operator in House of the Devil and then she was the annoying coffee girl and I was like what is the Lena Dunham Ty West thing but they're just homies apparently. Fair enough. Yeah she's really supportive of them. I had a love hate with Lena Dunham because I love her as a feminist and as an icon. I just I could never get behind girls. I think I was just too old for it.
0: You know what I've never seen that show. Like I know who she is because of that show, just from like knowing pop culture. But I've really, I've I've never watched that show. Um, Yeah, like I've seen her pop up in things and like I know she exists but that's, that's about as far as I go with her.
1: Yeah. I mean, same, like I said, I I feel like girls is the kind of movie uh, series that you would just assume someone like me loves. But again, I think it was just, I was a little, like I was aged out of it. It was like, this was proof that I was Gen X and she was a millennial, um, because it just felt inorganic for me. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, I like her. And so I was excited to see her both of these Sarah Paxton, distant relative of Bill Paxton. (gasps) <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. B packs. B packs. Sorry, P. <laughs> um, yeah, I was all excited because I was like, "Is this like his daughter or something?" But no, it's just a distant relative, but still
0: cool. That's cool. Um, so I'm I'm really mad at this
1: movie. <laughs> oh, me too. But, but let's, I'm, let's unpack I'm, it.
0: I'm I'm not mad at this movie for the way that you're mad at this movie.
1: Real? You you don't know why I'm mad at this movie.
0: I don't <laughs> think it's for the reason that I'm. I I can oh I would bet four paychecks that the reason
1: that i made it this movie is ladies and gentlemen you heard it. it here she's uh yeah. she's give me four paychecks including four any paychecks. bonuses that come in between that's true uh, <laughs> Now, for the record this is to me where the house of the devil was the homage to the you know Grindhouse satanic panic movies of, of olden times the innkeepers was an homage to like a, a ghost story right it was yeah and I know this is going to sound weird, but can we bring back a quick Jackie synopsis? Sure.
0: There is an inn that is closing down, and it's literally the last weekend of operations. The owner is in Barbados, and the only two staff members are there. Uh, It's Luke and Claire. Um, They really have a pretty easy job because there's hardly any guests. There's literally a woman and her kid. There's uh, another woman. And then at some point there's an old man, but that's it. So basically they just kind of have to go through this weekend before the hotel completely shuts down. Um, Of course, like many, many old hotels, this also has a ghost story legend attached to it. And obviously when we start watching the movie, Claire and Luke have been trying to do some like ghosty investigations and they were like, dude, this is the last weekend we have got to seriously ghost hunt. We have got to find something because after this weekend it's done and they'll never get a chance again. So they start ghost hunting. Uh, Oh, excuse me. So they start ghost hunting and they end up actually finding some spooky things and hilarity ensues.
1: Yeah, a very slow burn <laughs> hilarity ensues. For the, for the record, their gig seems pretty sweet, right? Like they Oh, a hundred, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would I would go halfsies on running a hotel with you. Uh, and yeah, and he has this website, right? But it turns out that he's made up everything on the website. Yeah. And she winds up falling down the rabbit hole. And at the end of the day, Luke, who I refer to as the poor man's Dwight Schrute, Is like when he makes the decision to run away when shit goes south i he loses me and i'm like you fucking twerk and even though he comes back i can't really wait (laughs) so i need to know now what is your
0: why are you mad mm -hmm. at this movie okay why are you up I'm, I'm holding sure back. I want to hear why, movie. you, because I told you I'm giving you four paychecks. If we have the same, if four it's paychecks the same if reason, bad
1: for the same reason.
0: Look at you trying to think of a reason that you would think you're trying know, to think trying of why think I would. Of, like, why would
1: Jackie think, be mad at this movie? I'm like, let me think like Jackie, because I could really use four of your paychecks. <laughs> um, no, my so my reason for for not loving this was a. It was a little too. Like, I, I didn't think the, the ending was enough of a payoff. And I'm going to be a total hypocrite here and admit that I totally blame her for her own death. And here's why. Number one, you had the old lady who was like a psychic, who you believed was a psychic. Say to you, "You do not go into that basement. It is dangerous. You, you would be, you know, like, do, do not pursue this. And then you have what I only, what I would consider clear warning signs that something is am- amiss. And not only do you go in the basement and then start fucking around and you know me, you know I have a gripe with anybody who plays with Ouija's or is like, I invoke the spirits of... You get, whatever you get, you deserve. <laughs> yeah. Exclamation point XOXO gossip girl because you deserve everything you get. You were warned, hashtag just saying. And I'm not victim blaming, but I'm victim blaming because she really did it to herself. There was no other reason for her to die other than her own stupidity. Wow. I like that she died. I thought it was a bold choice. I liked the old lady. What the fuck was the point of the woman and the kid? What did I miss there? I'm not quite sure.
0: Um, I think they, we just needed some more people in the hotel, like kind of thing, but- um, The
1: old guy story was cool. Like You knew he was- Can
0: can we talk about the revelation of the woman with the kid? Didn't she seem familiar to you? Mm -mm. She, like, I'm looking at her. I'm like, I know her. Like, what do I know her from? I know her from fucking Sesame Street. She was Gina on Sesame Street for like 30 fucking years. Shut the fuck up. I will not. I will not shut the fuck up.
1: Jackie. Your are kidding. I swear,
0: because she looked familiar. So, you know, I go to, you know, the IMDb. Let me see who she is. And I'm like, I don't know this woman. Like, I don't know any of the, what, Sesame Street? Yeah, for like a million years. She's from Sesame oh my Street. Oh
1: God, she was on there for like 40 years. Yes,
0: she <laughs> was on there from the late 80s to like just a handful of years ago. And if you look at her when she's younger, like- I was like, that's where I know you from. I know
1: you from Sesame Street. My mind is blown right now. Kaboom. Okay. Kaboom. Yeah, well, why don't you like it? Okay. So is not here's my like thing. It's a very Jackie movie.
0: It is. It is. And you know what? And it's a very Jackie reason why. It's not that I don't like this movie. I'm going to take a step back and say, I like this movie. I know that you weren't a fan. I like this movie. But here's why I'm mad at this movie. Oh, okay. Because my very first note. <clears throat> My very first note is how much I like the Claire and Luke dynamic. It I
1: like, really?
0: the, I like the way they get along. And my note goes on to say, I like that this is not a romantic thing. Nobody's pining for each other. And it like, I am always the biggest fan of the platonic male female relationship as someone who has a crap ton of dude friends who I have no sexual interest in, they have no sexual interest in me. We are literally just platonic friends. Like-
1: Oh, sweet baby angel.
0: So it's one of those things where I'm always, always going to wave the flag for platonic male-female relationships. And for like the good chunk of this movie, that's what they were. Like they were coworkers, they were buddies, they were ghost hunting together. And there really wasn't- too big of a like you know she likes him or he likes her kind of thing it just seemed like it just seemed like a platonic relationship they're both interested in ghost hunting or whatever and then they get drunk and he's like i like you i like you a lot you support me and i was like fuck you. You weren't supposed to do that. You were supposed to stay neutral, just friendly, platonic. Like, why do you have to like have this stupid, I pine for you moment in this movie? Because the movie didn't need it. It was completely unnecessary. You can be friends. You can be great, wonderful friends and still go back for your friend at the end. Yes, you got scared and you decided to leave because you got scared, but you came back. Because it's your friend, not because you love her or blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. So it just made me mad. Like I said, as someone who has several extremely close soulmatey best friends that are dudes, it really, really bothered me that there ended up being a slight romantic twist to it. Because it was unnecessary. And it made no sense to the plot. And it didn't drive the plot in any way. And fuck you.
1: Okay, so I think it's adorable that you didn't immediately read that he is a little bit inselly and pining for her. It just speaks volumes to how sweet you are and how good you are at have, being friends with guys.
0: I'll tell you, <laughs> if, honestly, if anything, the vibe I got that she was into him.
1: Oh, no. no, yeah. no. Um, he's a dick. He, and I got to say that th- one of the things, whereas in House of the Devil, this super worked for me. I found them both completely unlikable. Unrelatable and unlikable really? to me Yeah, I don't know why And and I loved the B-list celebrity character I thought she was really likable That was the lady from Top Gun, right? Yeah, and she was super Wait, the main lady from Top Gun?
0: Yeah, isn't it? Kelly is
1: McGillis? Shut up, what the hell is happening in my life? <laughs> how you, st- how do do this?
0: Stop having a life Stop being busy and like having a fulfilling family and stuff no, like that You need to that. be like me That's well, not what oh. this is How dare you? how dare you no I have a fulfilling family have I, have, I have an extremely fulfilling family.
1: life I have a just a shit show um wait a minute seriously Kelly holy shit Leanne was Kelly B- how did oh. I not notice all of these people who are people like because
0: unlike you when I got slightly <sighs> bored during this movie I went to the Wikipedia page
1: <laughs> oh my god oh my god I just got slightly bored and was very mad that yeah, no.
0: <laughs> i got slightly bored paused it went to the wikipedia page yeah. maybe read ahead to figure Holy out what was going to happen in the plot geez. but then i looked at the cast list and i was like because i knew the name kelly mcgillis and i'm like why do i know that name and granted i've seen top gun like maybe once in my whole life and i watched it and i went yeah i watched it and I was Obvious like hot- i went hot shots is better so i don't need to watch <laughs> top gun because i've got hot shots oh my god um but no i'm like but i mean every again you when you've got your you know when you know pop culture you know who kelly mcgillis Mm -hmm. is kelly mcgillis is the hot girl from top gun
1: yeah she she flooded my basement um in top gun (laughs) that's for damn sure and I mean everything about Top Gun floods my basement. Who am I kidding? But Sweaty is sh- the sweatiest movie in the world. So I, <laughs> it is. It's like literally been been like awarded the sweatiest wow. movie award. Right. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun fact. And I, I don't know. I, I like I said. I, I wish for all intents and purposes, it, it was it was a ghost story. It, I should have loved it. I just kind of it just didn't connect yeah, for me.
0: I agree. Like I said, I did like this movie, but. Um, and, and I even uh, again, wrote the note, please let this be an actual ghost movie. Cause I <laughs> love me a good supernatural. And I hate when it's like, you think it's going to be supernatural. And then it's just like, not cause it's, it's like a serial killer or it's a coven or it's just all make, you know, make believe. So I was happy that it was a ghost story, but I agree that I think it fell flat as a ghost story. Cause it was just like, We had that cool moment with the old man, like that was really cool. I love the little side story with the old man showing up. Uh, So spoiler alert, an old man shows up and he's like, yeah, I need a room for just one night. I want uh, the specific room on the third floor. And they were like, sorry, homie, this hotel is closing down, so all the furniture's out, like there's just an empty bed in that room. And he's like, oh, you know, I drove a long way. I really, really want it. And Claire's like, you know what, dude? If you can be in a room with no furniture, we'll get you some sheets and you can sleep there. And it turns out it's the honeymoon suite. And apparently a million billion years ago, this man stayed in the honeymoon suite with his wife. Um, Some shenanigans are happening and I guess they forget that he's there. And then when it's time to leave, they run up to get him. (laughs) and they yeah. find him in the bathtub he had slit his wrist and there's blood everywhere it was, um, it was gruesome. so that was cool yeah. that was and then of course his apparition is like haunting her and like he keeps showing up
1: everywhere which is bullshit because i mean i don't know i hated that he seemed malevolent at that moment because it's like yeah I mean, he was just walking towards her and it had such a like uh, shining vibe because he was like an wrinkly dude. Yeah, I definitely got the (laughs) shining
0: vibe. You died in the bathtub, you know, you're coming out. And I agree, like, I didn't like that he was malevolent because, like, they never really go into it. Did he go there to plan to kill himself? Like, did he, like, did he go there and then, like, whatever whispery ghost things, like, because. So, so Kelly, Kelly McGillis's character is, is like, she, you know, she, back in the day, she apparently was a star of a TV show. So she's like going to some convention and it turns out she's going to like a psychics convention because she is, you know, in tune with the spirits. So she hears all these like whispers and things. And, and it's one of those things where you find out that like, there's, she keeps talking about they. Apparently, there's like a group of entities in this hotel, and that's what killed the the main ghost that they're looking for is like Molly something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not Molly. Yeah, she
1: not Molly. No, um, Mad- something with an M. Hold on.
0: Madeline. 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 Thank you, right. So, like, she, you know, apparently, like they. Yeah, Madeline or Yes, they killed Madeline. They, you know, don't go in the basement because that's where they took Madeline. But there is like there's zero backstory on who they are, how I many know. of them there are. Like I feel like they could have done so much more they didn't with even that story.
1: Really fully paint uh Madeline's right. story. Her backstory. Right. Yeah, like, like it's like they touched. Was people. it her at the end of the day? Was she the bad guy? Like, I don't I don't get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like they kind of made Madeline out to be kind of the evil one. But then again, like everything that was leading up to that like they quote unquote, they were the ones that hurt Madeline and it's not Madeline really. I don't know. Like, I just feel like they kind of peppered in like some cool ideas about ghost stories and like a haunted hotel, but nothing ever got fleshed out. And then suddenly the movie's over, you know, like they wasted a lot of time on the relationship, not even the relationship, but just like the relationship, yeah. well, yeah, like the relationship between Claire and Luke, and then Claire and Lee, who is Kelly McGillis's character, and you know, for some reason, Luke forgot to put the towels out, and
1: that I don't really know, annoyed like, me when he didn't leave her a towel. I was like, "You have one job, motherfucker." I know. I know there's no guests. But what also, you, you work for the hotel. Why wouldn't you grab some towels and bring them up to your room? It's
0: sure. <laughs> true. Um, I don't know, the, like it. Just it bothered me that it, this could have been. I, while I did like this movie. I feel like it could have been so much more. They could have done a lot more. They could have gone in a different direction, and made this. Yeah, because like, because then suddenly like it's ten minutes left of the movie, and oh shit, we still need to do ghosty stuff. And it was like, quick, get all this ghosty stuff in. Quick, 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 quick.
1: Right, and so much of it was off camera, and like even her death, and like I, I don't know. I, and then she died from an asthma attack. Like it wasn't yeah. even the ghost that got her. It was such a like, I, I need my asthma inhaler. You knew the whole movie that that was going to be the thing that did her in. Um, I'm I'm curious, like I love VHS. I think he hit a home run with VHS, but yes. I do want to see Sacrament. People have talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I've heard good, really good stuff and really bad stuff. So I'm curious to see how how that one kind of pans out for us. But overall, I think he's, I'm excited for whatever he's got brewing. I think he's a really, yeah. you know, talented person. I think VHS was so the polar opposite of Slowbird. So I think yeah. it proves that he can do different things. So I'm kind of excited to see what's next.
0: Yeah. Now I I enjoyed Innkeeper's House of the Devil. I for, you know, like I said, for all his falls, I did like. That is a movie we gonna have different. that's a movie that I would see. That, that's a movie that I would watch again. Like House that's something Devil? that I would, House of the Devil, that's something yeah, I'd too. like chuck on in the background while I'm doing stuff, you know. That might be like, you know, maybe once a year kind of like sit down and, oh, I haven't watched this in a while. And, you know, it's one of those movies where I want to go back to see if there was anything I missed. Because that is one thing I will admit, like I was looking in the background watching that movie, trying to see if I could, you know, if the the guy that killed Meg, which P.S. um. Kelly Joel this,
1: <laughs> he looked like grown up Haley
0: Um, I also decided that uh, That scene when they were in the pizza place, mm-hmm. That you're Samantha and I'm Meg.
1: Fair. Yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah. Because
0: you know what? If somebody wrongs you, I would be really shitty and like yeah, go after them like, for wronging you. you. Like, yeah, like don't hurt my Marissa. No, you would. You would,
1: you love would love go that. take down all the flyers. Yeah, I would. I love Fuck it. You. And I'd be like, <laughs> let's not do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel like eat my we'll ass. We'll have to edit edit it out this. later, right? <laughs> No, I just, I thought that was funny. I'm like watching her, you know.
1: That's really cute. I don't disagree either. Uh, you're also the voice of reason when I do stupid crap. So that makes a lot of sense. You're always like, this is stupid. You're going to get yourself killed. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anything else about either of these films? I would say for me, same thing. House of the Devil was the slam dunk of the two. Yes. I was a little bored with innkeepers Keepers. I also thought that I didn't, Get like Whereas House of the Devil inspired me to feminist rants about Rosemary's Baby and being pro-choice <laughs> and all the things that I'm always in it for and talking about Satanic Panic, Innkeepers left me high and dry. There was no mythology. There was no good. Yeah. You know, it was just, a, to me, it was just a very run-of-the-mill story about a good. It, uh, it left people. me wanting more. Agreed. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I do want to give it props.
0: I give it credit for the ending. Because sure. I, I did like, you know me, I like when protagonist will die. Yeah, um, me So sure. I did like that they made that choice that Claire does not survive. I like that they alluded to the fact that Claire now haunts the hosp- uh, haunts the hotel because in that last scene, we're like looking in her room again and then the hotel's empty, but the door shuts. So I like that it alludes to that she is now with, I guess, Madeline and the old man, like she now haunts the hotel. Was she
1: in that room? I wrote, rewound it and rewatched it three or four times. Because I heard that she, like somewhere I read that she's physically in the room. For the record, if anybody out here has seen the movie and has seen her in that room, please let me know, because I was so frustrated. I kept watching it over and over again, trying to find oh, really? figure out where her I
0: didn't. I didn't see her.
1: I didn't see her. And
0: I, I just, I you know, I saw that it was her room and then the door slammed. We
1: knew the door. Again, the scares in this film felt really cliche too. House of the Devil made me jump a few times with like stuff that was like the little red herringy stuff. I gotta tell you, the mom in House of the Devil scared the bejeebies out of me. Like when she had those flashes at two when she was running and like it was like, the, the, all of that stuff. Yeah. Me. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Grandma is nasty scary. Um, and you know what? It was creepy McCreeper sins. <laughs> um, also, our apologies for not mentioning this when we started talking about House of the Devil. The landlady, Scream Queen, D. Wallace.
1: Yes. Apologies, indeed. I was so excited when I saw. Her. Totally, just a gratuitous cameo because it never came back around.
0: Oh yeah, but, and I love it. I man, love I that it. she was just like, "I've got a day. I'll she's, give this to she's you." She's a gangster. Like I yeah. love the people that Ty West has in his movies. Like yeah. he casts. He casts bad so bitches. well.
1: Yeah. So well, so well, and he really he gives. I think he gives. Good roles to people who probably struggle to find good roles, and I'm here for it. Um, yeah. which is why I'm also super excited to watch sacrament because I'm the nature John Goodman.
0: Yeah, John Goodman is just,
1: mm, I love him. You know
0: what movie we needed to do? We wow. need to do Fallen. Okay,
1: we can totally do it because I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, anything else about these films? No,
0: thank you for forcing me to watch good movies because ah, you know I won't watch cool. them on my own.
1: <laughs> oh, you know me, I'm always looking to find something worth. Our time. Thank
0: you for pushing me out of my comfort zone.
1: Thank you for pushing innkeepers because I would have made you watch uh probably Sacrament. So
0: okay, there we go. All right.
1: Okay. oh I just want to uh say that I am so excited to be heading into the summer season here at Jersey Ghoul's headquarters. Uh, if there's nothing better than summer at the Jersey Shore and the ghouls are gonna be out in our bikinis, living our best life. (laughs) not our
0: bikinis that's the real that's the real horror you don't need to see me in a bikini that would be scary
1: but in the meantime make sure you head over to our social media sites make sure you give us a like give us a follow give us a shout and remember to uh if you're so inclined leave us a little review we love to hear from you guys thank you to everyone who's been reaching out lately uh whether it's to correct us whether it's to give us love whether it's to yell at us because i Nothing makes me happier than opening my email and seeing that we have Jersey Ghoul fan mail. So keep it coming, guys. Let us know what we should watch, who we should have on, what we should be doing as we eke into the summertime here at the Jersey Ghouls.
0: That was very good. I'm what? super proud of you.
1: Thank you. I tried to get out of my comfort zone and actually do our little shlip, shippity do. doo. That's it.
0: That's it. We will see you guys next week.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye.